0: recorded
1: live scuba obsessed is the weekly podcast we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear places to dive and scuba in the news scuba obsessed episode 101 was recorded live february 2nd 2012 Welcome back to Scoob Obsessed. I'm Darren Gilson, and here's a few of the articles we're going to have in the news this week. We have Deep Sea Discovery, Billion Dollar Treasure, and More Wrecks for Diving. And to get things rolling, I'd like to welcome my co-hosts this week. We have Mac. How are you doing today, Mac? Pretty good, thank you. It's good to be here. And we also have Jim Schultz. How are you doing, Jim? I'm um, just wonderful, thanks. Great, that's great. And we have a full chat room. People are starting to roll on in, so... Uh, It's one of the few weeks I think we've gotten started this early,
2: almost on time. Throw everybody off. On time is a relative term.
1: Certainly is. And how's that weather been? I, I see in Europe they've had some cold days where they could be building some ice, but we're definitely not seeing it here.
0: I was talking to my daughter today in France, and she says it's really revolting when in February it's colder there than it is here. <laughs> and a friend of hers in Greece uh, has has to wear snowshoes because they had too much snow the other day.
1: Wow. Well, see, it kind of goes against my theory where it eventually catches up with us. I think they're getting our snow.
0: Well, they that, okay. that, they explained why that happened the other day uh, in the weather reports.
1: It oh. And
0: I'd like to see it continue to happen. Yeah. It's the upper air currents have been knocked out of whack a little bit by El Nino or El Nino.
1: Yeah, and, and the chat room agrees with us. They, say they can have it. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and get right on into the news. And uh, if you're not following the scoop it. Feed uh, by Scoob Obsessed, you're missing out. We have uh, news articles posted just about every day. If there's something to cover, we post it out there. So a lot of what we cover in the news is going to be there. And also, if you're in a chat room, we're going to paste the stories in. The first one, here it goes in the chat room. Oh, wait, I skipped one, didn't I? You skipped one. I skipped one, one already. I, I start. I started that way. So uh, that that's the second one. So you, everybody can prime that one up, and then we'll go right to the first one here there, there, there's a strategy to this madness you would sure. never be able to tell
2: okay if you say so
0: <laughs> well darren at least in this first one you're going to be talking about we have somebody to talk to when people tell us we're crazy you think so Well, yeah now if i, I just get
1: the darn that. article to load <laughs> the squirrels on the website
0: yeah maybe she
1: the
2: shrink for the fish
1: this is aquarium volunteer. Deborah Hill is a scuba shrink. Uh, she likes to dive beneath the surface, both as a psychiatrist and a volunteer diver at the aquarium in the Pacific in Long Beach. She's been aquarium since the aquarium's opening in 1998. Uh, she has dedicated more than 25 hours to volunteering. She chats about reoccurring dreams of diving and interacting with sea creatures, large and small. I wonder uh,
0: if that says, counts as two legged ones. I'm sorry. Creatures, large and small, like two legged ones. Yeah.
1: She said she found her passion for diving while conducting routine self analysis I was having a lot of dreams about underwater world and diving and memories when I was a girl going to the beach with my aunt. I decided to take up diving and loved it. Uh, She's an advanced open water diver, rescue diver, scuba instructor, cave diver, and advanced deep air diver. She learned about uh, diving in a local aquarium while volunteer diving in Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, search and rescue team. I was so thrilled to dive at the aquarium. I feel like a kid all over again. She is one of roughly 1,526 people who volunteered to the aquarium in 2010. Most of the people who work there are volunteers, giving 156,000 hours of community service in that year. So very cool. And the next one up is uh, Dive uh, Dive Point Scuba to open a Warusa shop. So it's nice to see an area where they, they're getting uh, new stores opening up. Uh, the owners of the dive shop said that they heard from customers who wish they'd open a second location in Walrusa. And i I know I'm not pronouncing that right. Uh, they wish they'll become a reality in spring. A couple plans to open a store at 106 East Walrusa Avenue in the former buyer's guide building, just two blocks from the athletic park. A couple are excited about the prospect of a new business venture. They say they have great response from the customers and the local officials. It's been overwhelmingly positive. We think it's a great location and an opportunity for us. Said the business is a perfect fit for the city's plan to redevelop the riverfront. Uh, In June, the city bought 16 acres of riverfront property between the bridge and Scott Street for $2.6 million. We're pleased because it helps us promote general recreation. It adds another element to allow us to attract people to the area. Uh, in Stevens point, if a customer wants to try out a kayak, we have to load it in a vehicle, bring it over to the river uh, when they want to do that. And while Rusa, Rusa will be able to walk right out the door, there's a lot of things we still have to decide on yet, but we're excited about the challenge. So good luck for them. I hope that it, it works out. Did you see the picture there, Mac?
0: Yeah, I saw it. Uh, they're were, they were talking about where they're going to be more focusing on the paddling, meaning uh, the kayaks. To do the scuba, I'm sure they're going to definitely have to do ice diving. Uh huh. I and mean, that's Wisconsin.
1: Yep. Yeah, but it's nice. And and looking at that photo, they have a pretty well stocked store in their primary location. So.
0: Well, if you also looked at the to the stuff to the right, you can see a lot of that is kayaking materials, especially uh-huh. the hats. Or did you notice that?
1: I didn't really notice it. I mean, I can, It's hard to see in the pictures, but.
0: Yeah, you can see the half shell hats on the right. If oh, I see. You mean the surf shop? They, yep. I'm, I was going to say, if you went to the surf shop down there in St. Joe, yep. you'll see some of the same gear they have there. That's what she's got there in that picture. Yep,
1: that makes sense. So, uh, but it, it's it's nice because uh, if they've already got one shop, gives a little bit of idea they're not going into this completely without knowing what they're doing.
0: Yeah.
1: And this next one up is some geocaching. This one out of the Washington Post lifestyle section terrestrial-based hobby becomes popular with scuba enthusiasts looking for a new adventure. Geocaching starts a hobby more than a decade ago on land, but is now becoming popular with scuba enthusiasts. Uh, People are adding this on as an extension to their own hobby, according to Jeremy, Irish CEO and co-founder of geocaching.com, based in Seattle. Interesting, and geocaching has grown significantly over the years, even reaching space via the International Space Station. Uh, geocaching is a hunt for, bin, for hidden geocache, basically a container and a logbook. Some cache hold trinkets and treasures. Uh, scuba and underwater geocaching follows the same rules as terrestrial-based game, but includes some challenging. Uh, land base uses GPS coordinates. Underwater geocaching visual clues are added because it's difficult to get an exact GPS location in water. The cache must also be submersible, must withstand water pressure and corrosion. Logbooks are waterproof. Geocaching experience are sh- shared online at sites such as geocaching.com or opencaching.com, which is run by Garmin, which makes GPS devices. Clues and rating systems are added to level difficulty in finding the cache. So I know that uh, Patty and Dima have, have started to promote the underwater geocaching.
0: How do they promote it?
1: <laughs> they said that way, everybody should do it. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing some press releases. They are actually working with uh, the first organization that was mentioned in this. The um, well, let's see if I can find their name again. Uh, geocaching.com. Um, the the tough thing is it it seems to be not so much a GPS part, but just getting the information. Yeah, you know, I like the information to be out and open, and maybe that I need to look at that OpenCaching.com site, but that Geocaching one, you have to basically be a member i mean you can get to the information without being a member but it's really not organized well that way you want to be able to have the ability to search and filter search and filter i'm sorry and you have to have the the upgrade to that so it'd be interesting if if people have opinions on that they could uh, post them on the uh, scuba obsessed facebook page and let us know what their thoughts i mean do we, do we think this is a good idea for the sport
0: did you go to the Stevensville Library uh, about five months ago when they had one of their displays was geocaching? No, I didn't. Um, it was uh, it was quite interesting just to look at what uh is and the difficulty in finding some of them. Uh, there's like a point value for what you can find. And some uh-huh. of them actually look like a piece of wood. I mean, because it was a piece of wood, but it's hollowed out. And the difficulty, they give you a good location, uh. but you've got to have the eyeball to know what to look for. And it was it was really interesting to look at the different designs that they made. Some were simple, like a, a tin can. Mm-hmm. But some were, if you didn't know what they were or what to be looking for, you'd, you'd have totally missed them. Yeah. And then the contents were really neat. The ones I liked were the buttons or the coins. And I could see collecting those as you would go through it. But uh, it, it one of those looked like it could be really simple or it could be really difficult. Depending on how how much you got into it,
1: I'm kind of wondering how some of the uh, state officials are going to take to having geocache placed in certain spots. I mean, is is somebody going to come out and say it can or can't be? I mean, are there any rules? I mean, I I think it's fine, but you know, like I could see that you'd have a, a maybe a concrete block and uh, maybe a PVC tube with holes in it where you might put one on a off a wreck site, you know, not on the wreck, but off to the side. But, you know, what what would the state say to that? You know, the preserve. Are they going to get upset?
0: Well, that's a lot of water out there. So, and it, and there's only what one hundred of them so far in the whole uh, assortment of geocaching. The of what they talked about here. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine that's of any major concern.
1: No.
2: Sounds like the guys lost audio.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I think we oh, don't this. It's probably just yeah. I can still I still have audio showing going into uh, into there. It's got to be uh, fun with a talk shoe.
2: I had three or four people say they lost it. Yeah. Yeah well, huh. yeah.
1: well, we'll have to go. Usually in the past it's it's come back and we'll keep an eye on it. If it doesn't come in after this next article, we'll we'll start and and stop.
0: I
2: did like uh, what, James's comment. Well, edit that out.
1: Well, sure, sure. Edit everything out. What's that, man? I,
0: I did like James Collins' comment because I, I had thought about it. Somebody else just put it down there. Certification. It's something soon to be from Patty for this.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you oh, know
1: that. You know that will happen.
0: Yeah. Does that mean I can't do it if I don't have a card? Oh, That's
1: well, you're, you're not going to be allowed to open the cash. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this next one up. This one is cold, dead, deep-sea vents are anything but dead. Uh, and, and this one is, is kind of in the it makes sense, but uh, some researchers have been doing some analysis on the deep-sea vents. So uh, many of us are familiar with the, de- the geothermal deep-sea vents where they have the hot water coming out and tons of life living on it. But uh, what some scientists have been doing is, is viewing the ones that have, are no longer active. And at that depth trying to figure out if they would be dead or not. And they're actually finding that there's uh, not as dead as you would think they would be. So they found evidence that there's over 2,000 different sorts of microbes living on the long-expired vents, where on the active hot vents they're seeing 10,000. So, uh, that, you know, not they're definitely far from diving, uh, diving, dying. Diving on the mind. Uh, samples from the East Pacific vents revealed a world of bizarre biological harmony. Microorganisms that employ different uh, physiological mechanisms to survive were living almost side by side. So the, they're saying that it was the. What really surprised them was not only that there was stuff on there, but that above water organisms that don't really play well with each other are living right next to each other. Um, Uh, They're saying that the research highlights how little we know about the sheer abundance of life on the seafloor, which has implications for understanding large-scale planetary processes. Uh, The deep ocean increasingly appears to play a huge role in the way carbon dioxide that contributes to climate change is processed by the planet's interlocking systems of atmosphere, land, and ocean. So, a little bit down there.
0: they say how deep these were?
1: Uh, I don't think they did this time, but... uh, I'm thinking five to ten thousand feet if I remember right.
0: Yeah, that's what I remember. There were some of these were really down there.
1: Yeah. I don't think they're at like the deepest parts, but they're usually in the Pacific where the plates are pulling apart. Yeah. And next up, archaeologists go deep to undercover uncover history. Uh, Many universities are adding or expanding their underwater archaeological programs in in an effort to give students broader education experience and better understanding of maritime history. Underwater underwater archaeology is expanding rapidly, rapidly as equipment required for marine exploration becomes more affordable and more scientists and researchers learn to scuba dive. Indiana University in Bloomington is one of the oldest academic diving programs in the country. Uh, the director of schools, underwater scientist, Professor Charles Baker, uh, who is a member of the Marine Protected Aerial Federal Advisory Committee, part of NOAA, has directed numerous shipwreck projects in the U.S. Caribbean and pioneering preserving shipwreck sites at museums. So what they're talking about is that there's getting to be an, in- an increased focus on underwater archaeology and research. Uh, at many of the schools. And I think it's just an interesting course. I think it's one of those things that students uh, would would be interested in. And they talk about in the article other institutions that are are doing these, University of Rhode Island. Uh, They have the Israel Antiquities Authority. Uh, Texas A&M has a program. And then did you notice at the bottom of the article, Mac, uh, for more information on J.W. Fisher's complete line of underwater search equipment, go to...
0: Well, you gotta make a buck somewhere. Yeah, I wonder California how that one snuck in it there. It doesn't have treasure.
1: Is, Mar- is is this is this website run by them? Wow. Yeah, I mean they make some nice gear, but they've that that stuff's all outside of my price range.
0: Did you go all the way down to the bottom of the article?
1: Yeah, Jim, you still there? No, we lost Jim.
0: It talks about uh, inland salvage, remove capsized barge. Uh, they uncover history by going deep talking about rovs to the end of order in Milwaukee some of this is quite interesting yeah
1: Jim you back on
0: I'm back now you're
1: back let's see must be your lovely Iowa connection that you've, you've got going there let's see do we still have talk shoes? Is talk shoe still on
2: we lost it but it came right back okay uh, let's let's
1: go ahead and kill it and it's it still says the call is being recorded.
2: Let's see if they can still hear us.
0: It looks like it. We,
2: they okay. can hear us. Yeah, they, they can hear us. We're We're okay, good to go. Okay, thank That's you.
1: That's good. Keep
0: that feedback. But they coming. want to or not?
1: Yeah. Well, they they could always mute us, I guess, if they don't want to hear. <laughs> so we go. So once so once you've learned how to do some underwater archaeology, you could start on uh, one of the more recent shipwrecks in the world, the Carcody Car. <laughs> Gee, she was uh, Concordia.
2: That was easy for you to
1: say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Oh.
0: Well, at least on that one, you can still tell what's the ceiling, what's the floor, and what the walls are, because nothing's collapsed yet.
1: Yeah, not yet at all. There's a, still some concern about the stability of the wreck, but now they're
0: starting I, to talk.
1: Was, what's that?
0: I was going to say exactly why.
1: Well, they're saying it's near a shelf and it's been settling, but I think anything's gonna gonna settle a little bit.
2: Too bad it's you know 200 feet when it slides down. I wonder how deep it would be if it rolled. Might be a decent wreck. What if they need to do is just kind shelf. of turn it.
1: And wouldn't it be yeah, nice just, to to turn it and have like of, the aft end at the bottom and pu- just it up?
2: push it off the shelf and let it settle and you got a new wreck site.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to cut it up, but the, it sounds like the authorities are starting to get a little concerned. Uh, right now they're keeping a one-mile perimeter around the wreck to prevent people from uh, going on it, but uh, they expect that as the time wears on, people are going to get brave to get on there. Uh, they're expecting it to be the newest treasure ship. Uh, you know, a lot of people who were on the, you know, you, you think of how many passengers, you know, 4,000-plus and many of them uh, bringing some of their most prized jewelry possessions to show off uh, as they prance around the boat. So you know, if, uh, if you were a good treasure diver, you might not do too bad on that wreck. Plus they're saying there's plenty of antiquities or collectibles that have been placed on the wreck. And then they also mentioned that there is a jewelry store on the wreck when it went down.
2: So, uh, Now who would want all that, you know, go after all that junk when you've got... Oh. Great China, yeah, sitting in the dining room.
1: Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying that China is got to, is going to be worth a ton, <laughs> sure, just because of at all, all the China publicity.
2: Came off the Doria, yeah. yeah,
1: China fever, China. So uh, they're saying quantifying what is on there is virtually impossible uh, until the ship is recovered. There's no way to know what can be saved and what can't. The company still legally owns the ship, and the passengers own their sunken objects. So any treasure seekers would be breaking the law and subject to arrest, and the looters' objects subject to seizure. Um, so the ship is being guarded 24 hours a day. It is not even possible to get close. So if oh I don't the know, it depends owners how good the owners of
0: the re- material the yeah don't go back and get their stuff, can you arrest them then for pollution and oh. tossing junk into the? area? Yeah, I would say so. It seems it could be both ways. I'm I'm just collecting junk for people. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder how that would work. Could you go to the owner of the property? You know, if you could, you know, get the register of everybody who's been on the boat, and could you buy salvage rights from them?
0: You could for the boat, but for the property, I'm not sure how that would work.
1: Yeah, because they're saying that the property is owned by the people, the passengers. You know, the stuff they had in the room is still owned by them. Some of the passengers in the article go say that they don't expect to ever see any of their objects again. So it doesn't seem like, you know, you could, it seems like you could give them almost nothing or tell them to split it. You know, I'll, I'll go down half of what I get. You know, I'll I'll give back, keep the other half as a finder's fee.
2: Well, I'm sure there's going to be loads of lawsuits coming out of it. and Eventually, it's all going to be owned by the insurance carrier of the boat.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're right. But then, uh, like you said, a really good rebreather diver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, middle and, of the night. Yeah, little little subterfuge. Middle of the night. Come on and uh, see what you can get.
0: Well, it doesn't even seem like you have to do that, according to some of the items here. Did you see the one where the lady lost her credit card on the deck?
1: Oh wow! Yeah, you that understand? was that was nuts.
0: Three thousand dollars in charges on it when they got to shore.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, th- so that means that somebody who was also on the shipwreck picked up that credit card, survived and then went on a spree.
0: Probably so, got yeah. dry clothes.
1: Yeah. yeah, thank you very much.: Yeah, Well, that's kind of the way it goes. So if that shipwreck isn't enough for you, and that one is uh, there's a new one that was just announced today. This one's off Cape Cod.
0: 700 feet of water.: Is that all? Yeah, but when you're talking depending on who you talk to, three billion dollars in platinum?
1: That is billion with a B. Three mm-hmm. billion in platinum.
0: I'm looking at the article here. It wasn't as convoluted as what was in the paper here in the Herald Palladium.
1: Oh Herald Palladium covered it? Oh yes. That's a
2: surprise.
0: One yeah, of the items in there identifies that I think it's England says there ain't no stuff on that wreck. And now then and they're going into who really owns it, how many lawsuits will be against it. They're going to wait and see if they bring anything up, and then they're going to say it's theirs. Oh, yeah. It's freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: People only want the the good stuff and none of the bad. Well, but you think about it, so they're saying that the platinum, and there's also could be gold and jewels, was sent by Russia to pay for war debts and munitions. So wouldn't that still technically be owed to the U.S.? Yes. So why would Britain, say, have any claim to it?
0: I don't really have a clue why they'd have a claim to it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I can't think of that's the only reason why they would say, oh, there's nothing there.
2: Was it a British flag vessel?
1: Uh, duh, duh.
0: I'd have to get the item and take a look at it. But according to one article, this has been found before and has already been salvaged.
1: Huh? So that's what, what I thought was, so, was
0: quite interesting.
1: So what billionaire <laughs> found the platinum and already uh, used it?
0: Well, they said the one item he saw on the ROV went down and there's one big container that he believes is platinum bars and 30 more containers to the right of it. Now, if I saw one container that was accessible, I would have made my ROV somehow be able to wrap something around it so I could bring that baby up and find out is or is there not platinum in that box.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm.
0: It's 700 feet. How are you going to get inside that? You're not. It's going to be in such bad shape. The only other logical way is to take it apart. Yeah. yeah. So you're still talking. You're, yeah. you're going to you're going to spend a lot of money, but if there's really three billion, you can spend a lot of money.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, you could spend five hundred million on you know over a course of a few years and, and salvaging it and still come out ahead. If, yeah. but you, you need to find out really quick whether you could get it. Yeah. Or what
0: percentage would be yours.
1: Yeah, in the chat room, they're saying that uh, supposedly some guys got pictures of the platinum in there. They say insurance paid out, but I don't think insurance paid out uh, on the platinum.
0: Well, it would it paid at the rate back then, as opposed to now. You know, fifty million dollars in, or you know, fifty million in gold then is how much nowadays? But
1: when you say when they say insurance paid out, so let's say insurance. If if I'm Russia and I'm putting that much platinum on, would I get insurance on it? Would I pay a premium? Or would it be the ship assumes the liability for hauling it?
0: Depending on what kind of insurance you had. That's what the Lloyd's of London is for. Yeah. But during a war, I don't know how you're going to get insurance.
1: Yeah. Yep. So uh, there'll be a big fight over that. So if there's if there's nothing to be found, then nobody will care. If somebody finds something, and then they'll all be digging for it.
0: Now that just goes to say, when you find it, get it up first, then talk about it. If you're really crazy. <laughs> if you're really
2: crazy. Possessions so how of how, how many... the law, and once you've sold it, it's too late.
1: So how many uh, dive boats do you think we could fund with, uh, with $3 billion?
0: A couple. <laughs> A couple I'd really like good Like to see guys. his uh, state-of-the-art equipment he's going to use to go down there and play with that at 700 feet. Yeah, but I, I mean, there's plenty of
1: stuff out there.
0: Oh, Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad depth. I mean, it's less than 1,000 feet.
1: Yeah, and and that's probably why he's announced it, is it's a way of getting funding. You know, he could work something out like some other treasure hunters where you do shares and for investors, and, you know, he organizes it and splits it with his investors, and they pay per season.
0: Well, didn't he find that originally in 2008? Uh, is that what it says in here? Did he find it? In,
1: yeah, he says uh, uh, Brooks and his business partners were awarded salvage rights by a judge back in 2008. 2008 when they found the ship but those aren't the same as ownership rights and since britain's gotten wind of the find they're likely to file a claim in the ship as well so we've got treasure hunters the u.s britain in a yet to get heated battle over to yet to be announced bounty if things could get interesting according to the article and this was my from,
0: point if yep. if it's the government they should have been looking for it they should do the freaking salvage and if it's not if I found it, it, should be mine. Should be going back to the old salvage law. If it's yeah, lost out right. there and you find it, it's yours. If well, somebody but, wanted it, go get it.
1: We've seen that lately. You've got Florida, you've got Spain, you've got France. All governments who did nothing to find wrecks claiming anything. And it's and especially with wrecks over a certain age, it's not. There's very few people who are alive when you know this one when it went down. Yeah, there were there were people alive, but when you start getting over 100 years old, and then. You know, they're starting to lay claim to it. You know, some of this is just getting nuts.
0: Well, that's like Spain claiming the the gold from some of the old wrecks back in the 1700s when they stole the darn stuff. (laughs) So it's like, excuse me? Details. You should be going down to South America, guys. Don't confuse facts with this. Yeah, yeah. Don't have facts in there. (laughs) Well, like they say, he who has the gold makes the rules, right? Yeah.
1: Well, when you go back to Spain, how many... How many governments actually have a, a consistent lineage? You know, how many times have they reorganized the government? Is it the same government? So. Well, one
0: thing about Spain is whenever they ship their stuff out, you can still find the bills of Leyden in the vaults. Yeah. You can do some heavy-duty research. So they, they did keep track of their stuff.
1: <laughs> some, they, they had some good that. record keepers. <laughs> well, then we go from that to giving us some more wrecks to dive on. And this one came uh, was brought to my attention from Jim. Schultz and this is very interesting and actually a good development in Michigan. We have the underwater preserves, and as the way the preserves are written right now, each preserve is allowed one wreck that can that when properly permitted can be sunk and only one wreck and it has to be of historic value so there's a proposed bill which in the state of Michigan that is being pushed to encourage diving, state representatives from Northwest Michigan have proposed a bill that allowed for the creation of more scuba diving sites. Representative Greg McMaster says he hopes to give the lakeshore tourism a boost by making it easier to intentionally sink decommissioned ships and other structures for divers to explore. Michigan's laws states that vessels can be intentionally sunk only within underwater preserves. The bill would create the permitting process where an in- Excuse me, an interesting party would be able to apply for permit the State Department of Environmental Quality. See, that's one thing that is good is that now we've got a consistent, that would be, give us a consistent permitting process. Any ship or other vehicle that that would be sunk would need to be cleaned in accordance with federal environmental standards for decommissioned vessels as artificial reefs, according to proposed bill. Uh, he said it would also be needed to be opened up to make it safe for divers. The location would need to be approved by the Lake Carriers Association to ensure it wouldn't interfere with shipping. Now, Jim, do you know anything about the Lake Carriers Association, and would they be a potential obstacle?
2: No, I don't know anything about that. I haven't had a chance to get into the the details on those yet.
1: Yeah, because that's what makes me, you know, because we've seen this with other laws in the state, where they put bodies that you would think should be impartial and fair, and because they have an agenda, they just say no to everything. So I I don't know anything about this Lake Carriers Association to know if that's what they would do, but... uh, It'd, it'd be interesting to see kind of what twist we would have on that. Uh, McMaster says he first became interested in the idea of sinking ships to draw scuba divers when he heard about a Canadian destroyer that was intentionally sunk five miles off the coast of San Diego, California. In the first year, tax revenues brought in by divers going to see the shipwreck totaled five million dollars. Every year after that, tax revenues reached at least three million, and there are thousands of intentionally sunk vessels around Texas and Florida. You still there, Mac? Oh, yeah. I think, did we lose Jim? I'm back. Okay, so it's just Jim for a second. Okay. Uh, when you dive at the structure are so large that you can see it in one or two dives. Oh, you can't see it in one or two dives. In the meantime, divers are staying at hotels, eating at restaurants, and visiting local shops. Again, divers, that's why you wear your scuba gear. Not scuba gear. Scuba paraphernalia. Hats, shirts. to Let them know you're divers when you're visiting your, your local watering holes. When you're out diving, uh, what we're doing is extending tourism by, beyond the water's edge. Uh, there currently are two intentionally sunk vessels in Lake Superior, one near Copper Harbor, one near Munising. Uh, both have positive impacts for business and owners in those communities. Divers who come to see nearby shipwrecks have provided a boost to Roger City's economy. Uh, and that's according to local dive shops. Uh, while the Alpine area are a wealth of wrecks for divers to choose from. Other areas have little to offer. Um, one says, I really don't see a harm in it. Could be good for business as long as it an approved location. Uh, like Thunder Bay is saying, hey, we don't need much here. Um, uh, there's one place down in Alpena says, we only have 40 feet of water nearby. There's no way we can sink a ship. But they would like to sink other objects like uh, cement structures in the bottom to simulate cave diving. Uh, one of the owners of D- uh, Thunder Bay Scuba and Alpina says he likes this idea. He, he said he'd like to be able to get a group of large cement culverts out of Rockport and do some swim-throughs. That's one of the great things about diving, the feeling of weightlessness. Um, and then some somebody else had commented saying that they're, uh, they would like to make sure that it was of wrecks of historic value rather than an aircraft carrier being sunk, which I don't think we're going to see an aircraft carrier come through the
2: locks, do you?
0: No, the two we had, they tore apart.
2: That's why the uh, uh, Coast Guard cutter Mackinaw is still in Michigan. It's too large to go out the locks. Of course, the new cutter Mackinaw is made smaller so they can ship it out when they're done with it.
1: Yeah. Now the Mackinaw's up there uh, by the bridge, isn't it?
2: Uh, yeah. The, the old is by the bridge. The the new Mackinaw is based out of Sheboygan. Okay. Yeah. But the old Mackinaw has been converted into a museum. Uh, up on the east side of the bridge, the Huron side. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, uh, uh, this would be nice if it goes through. I'm, I'm all up for getting a wreck and sinking it. We got plenty of spots. So how 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 fe- how deep do you think a wreck would have to be before somebody would say it would be a navigation hazard? Well, well you figure if the draft be...
0: some of the big boats is thirty feet, I don't think you'd want it any I... shallower than thirty feet. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I was going to say
2: forty. 40. I was going to say forty, so you've got room in in waves and everything else to uh, to clear it. We'd have to check with the Coast Guard and see what they consider a nav hazard.
1: Yeah. Well, my thought I've, I've always said is that we should put it, we should get something and sink it at about a hundred and twenty feet, the bottom, and then you have it rise up from there, depending, you know, and if you could keep it in that range, then you could have recreational stuff in the top and more technical type of stuff closer to the bottom.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, because you there's get it of on a it. slope.
1: What's that, Matt? I said be got it
0: on a slope.
1: <laughs> got it on a oh slope?
0: Ahead, John. Yeah, I was saying if it's on a slope, you can have it in 60 foot down to 120 or deeper, and then it's open to a lot more people. And as their diving interest and their abilities increase, you've got a good wreck they can continue to explore.
1: Certainly. And then one of the requirements they're saying is, is making the wreck be opened up so that it's available, and I won't necessarily call it safe less hazardous for divers so that's what we need to do if i'd love for anybody who knows of historic ships floating in the great lakes that would uh, be something that could be sunk to let me know i'd love to get started in a project like this used to be could go to uh you know a lot of the marinas and some of the bays and they all had an old ship or two floating around but i think a lot of these have been all chopped up
2: and clamshelled. yeah well there's one up in holland that would sure make a nice, nice wreck to dive on. Which one's that? Uh, it's the, it was a, a passenger vessel. They've got it up moored up there. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's stuck in the mud.
1: Yeah. Well, did you see you the one in, uh, in Sogatuck that that's actually been sold?
2: Oh, that's it. It's Sagatuck.
1: Oh, the the, the Kiwaton. Yes. That's yeah. The it. That's the, it. the USS Kiwaton. Is it USS? But the, the I don't Kew- think so. Uh, it, it's a but the Kiwatin, which is in Saugatuck, that actually sold this year. I think Padnos owned it, and that was sold to a Canadian museum. So this spring they're going to dredge out the river, or well, they were talking about doing uh, actually starting a dredging earlier, but they're going to start in the spring. Uh, they're they actually actually what they did this fall is they dredged out around the vessel. They're trying to see if it'll even float. What's unique about that ship is it's got a wooden structure. So it's a steel-hulled ship with a wooden uh, wooden
2: framing. So, but that, interesting,
1: yeah. But that one's slated to leave. They're they're expecting to have it uh, leave uh, by summer. And I imagine
2: to- they'll when they're doing that, they'll get the tug out that's there too. Cause there was a tug up there that sold last year for I think less than twenty thousand dollars because it was.
1: What was the tug to it? What was the tug for? Is this somebody's tug that got stuck?
2: It was a tug that was up there. Yeah, It just got stuck and. You know, they tried to get it out and couldn't move it. it yeah, you had been can tied up to the Kawatan for a long time.
1: Yeah, it, it's not. It's right there, near there. We were, we went this fall out of there, and you could see the tug kind of leaning off to the side. So, yeah, so that'll be different. I, I remember as a kid, I lived right, right uh, on the Kalamazoo River there, and used to see the Kawatan when you went between Sagatuck and Douglas. So that'll be shocked to see that leave. But I, you know, I've always thought that. You know, my my dad kind of. Pooed me when I said that it should be sunk because of its historic value. They, uh, uh, but that would be a good one. Uh, another, another uh, vessel, the Milwaukee Clipper in Muskegon, That would be a nice one. The Smithsonian actually has rights to the uh, uh, to the engine room if that ever gets dismantled. Which one is that? Uh, the the Milwaukee Clipper. It's okay. up in Muskegon at the old. Uh, car and train ferry Uh, Mm. the deck for the milwaukee clipper was laid the same year as the titanic's deck it had been remodeled since then and turned into the uh, uh, passenger ferry so it had a a few lives it has uh, some some modern designs for the time streamlined look to it Uh, that one went all the way into i think to the 80s that was actually a functioning carrier. It's got a unique type of uh, engine, which is why the Smithsonian's been interested in it. Hmm. But uh, that that one's moved up around the, the Muskegon waterfront. We also have the USS Silverside submarine, uh, which
2: I think is also up in Muskegon.
1: Now, that one's in, uh, is that Muskegon there? Where that one's at?
2: Yeah, Back? it's in the channel. Yeah,
1: it's in the channel.
2: Iron is in the channel going into Muskegon.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Ironsides. So... Yep. So there's there's a there's a few of them, a few vessels out there, but anything anytime we get some more things to dive on, I'm all for. So that does it for the news this week. And then uh, Mac, you, we got a little diving in, didn't we? Say again? We got a little scuba diving in this week, didn't we?
0: Yes, we had some and, and didn't have to struggle with the ice at all. No. And actually covered the a uh, little yellow tape that we had used the week before. <laughs> yeah, we had that.
1: Floating on the ice in case so people wouldn't wander out on it. Yeah, originally planning on doing a dive in the river, but the surge coming in from the lake was too strong. And other than getting in to say you had a dive, we knew that that wouldn't be any visibility or good condition. So we headed up to Pawpaw. Did the Yacht Club once again. And uh, I'd say visibility was, was about the same as we've been seeing, six to eight feet. But for some reason, I felt colder this week than I had in previous weeks.
0: And I agree with you. It was colder, and I don't know why.
1: Yeah, my, my computer registered 32, and we had less ice. The ice had kind of packed a little bit farther down into the that bay there by the Yacht Club. But uh, the, yeah, we the, still
0: have not been able to get over to the clay banks because that's where the ice was still at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that would have been nice to actually get in there. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was it just seemed a little bit colder for some reason. I don't know what it was about that. But uh, a, ni- a nice dive get in. I think, well, we probably had about 20, 30 minutes, wouldn't you say?
0: Yep, just about that. Time. It was about time to get out, though. Yep. But then again, we were diving wet. What can I say? We're oh, yeah. wimps.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we can't handle all that cold. <laughs> and then we got some dives That's in. Cool. But, Jim, you got you got to do some uh, some research in the museum. How, how'd that go?
2: That went very well. I was at uh, Bowling Green State University. And uh, they had some materials out for me when I got there and then uh, did a little more digging and they handed me some more material. And I tell you, I could spend a whole week there just looking at uh, all the information they've got about uh, shipbuilding and shipwrecks and everything uh, nautical around the Great Lakes. It's just amazing what they have in there. Now,
0: it, it sounds... uh, did you get a... Jim, did you get a good parking ticket this time?
2: Uh, no, I did not get a parking ticket. Actually, We paid our, parking, paid our parking fee and did not get a parking ticket. Of course, I was there an hour longer than the parking meter I paid for, but no, uh, no tickets. Oh, that's always good.
1: Now, when you're going to a museum like that, uh, can you let them know in advance what you're looking for and they'll help you out?
2: Yeah, if you contact them in advance and let them know what you're looking for, they'll generally try to pull some information for you and then share with you what other things uh, you might find interesting. And the curator that I was working with, the archivist, uh, archivist, archivist, anyhow, he was he was great. Uh, he had pulled some information. I talked to him about some stuff, and he said, well, you know, I think we got something in the collection. Let me go back and look. Next thing I know, he brings out another box and points to a folder and says, you might like that one. And sure enough, man, I ended up uh, copying about 80 pages out of that folder just to uh, to be able to read later. Uh, all handwritten notes. This is what was so interesting. This uh, gentleman I was, was working on uh, wrote these notes in the 1920s and was talking or getting his drawings and everything uh, validated by a captain who had sailed in the 1800s on these wooden schooners. So you've got, you know, secondhand knowledge or actually firsthand knowledge from someone who sailed in the 1800s given to a guy who was an artist uh, and did a lot of uh, drawings of the the details he was given. And then this gentleman, the captain, would go back and look at them and say, no, that's not quite right. Change this, change that. So you've got, uh, you know, hand drawn, uh, detailed drawings which are going to show you more detail than photographs of the time. Oh yeah. So I copied a lot of information there and wrote down more about going back and doing more research from uh, uh, the Wilson collection.
1: Nice. It's excellent that there's a resource like that available to go and look in.
2: Yeah. So, so if you ever want to do some research, uh, the Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio.
1: Excellent. Now, we going to get any dives in this weekend, Mac?
0: I'm game. Let's find someplace. Again, I'd like to hit the river. I haven't checked the one out in Niles. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't look too bad today, the big river near us. Uh, the lake is pretty much flat. Uh, two days ago, you still had a lot of good waves, so it might chill out a little bit, maybe the river. I'd still like to either go back to the turkey dive site, or better yet is go back down to the Maramont over in Niles. Yeah. Yeah, Niles,
1: I I I think Niles would be an interesting location if we go hit that. You know, we haven't had rain in a while. I mean, we got a little bit of thawing and melting, but I don't think it's at an excessive rate where we'll have a lot of moisture getting into the river's crate and silt. So I don't think we'll have awesome viz, but at least we'll have diveable viz, I would say.
0: Yeah, if they don't have the dam uh, really open a lot, it might be pretty nice to duck. Yeah. And if not, we've always got pawpaw
1: that's true that's true so uh, i'm also wondering with this warm weather we might um, it'd be nice to get out in lake michigan
0: it looked really good today i checked the waco beach access uh, you're not going to put anything out there uh they've got a bunch of sand up in front where the uh, where you used to could put the boats in uh-huh. they're still doing some kind of work there there's structures and high sand there so okay. you cannot back up anything
2: yeah they, they probably are flying to today mac say or what flying this week
0: I put a picture out. Yeah, I, of, uh, of some well, of the bluffs again. <laughs> was that the was that that uh, recommended beach dive spot you were talking about? Well, like I said, it's a good cardio to go down and a cardiac trying
2: to get back up. I'd have a cardiac trying to get back up. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to
1: paste that in the chat room so people can can take a look at that that photo. Did you,
2: did you go flying this week, Mac? Yeah. Uh, spot any other goodies along the beach?
0: Well that's the main reason I went. There was some debris. I I sure wish I had a four wheel little buggy thing that I could go up and down the beach. There's a couple of good sections of interesting looking wood down towards Michigan City. Uh and the other section of wood which looked interesting was up towards Palisades. Oh. Yeah, surprised Palisades. me because I went a little Below north Palisades?
2: like say again. Below Palisades?
0: Yeah, below Palisades, but up up where the Green Bay went aground. Remember that, where the Green Bay was or is. Yeah. Okay. All right. In that area, but this was not by the park, so I don't know where that piece of wood was. Yeah. But it wasn't clear enough. You could see the first sandbar, and it was getting nice out there, but you couldn't see the second, so couldn't see any big debris.
1: Hmm. We, we need a really nice flat day for you to get out there and see what you can find.
0: Well, if you had six good, strong men who could pick up a Zodiac and pick it up and walk down to the beach, would be good. Then you could do it. Six? I only know six old men. I don't know young yeah, ones.
2: Well, yeah. we've got a small Zodiac we could get a couple people out on. But uh, if you want to take the big Zodiac, yeah, you're going to need a good handful of guys.
1: Yeah. And you almost need to make some sort of a launch trailer that you could pile the the Zodiac in the back of that would just kind of drive right on down the beach.
0: Yeah, that'll have wheels on the Zodiac. Well, I did. There,
1: they do make Zodiacs so with the wheels built right on them for that yeah, same for exact sequence, purpose.
0: Sequence. Yeah.
1: That would that would be nice to have something like that. But uh, I, I looked at the price yeah. of those, and uh, I think we can buy a yacht much sooner than we can buy that Zodiac. I'd well, got we'll a
0: dry suit before I did
2: that. We'll, we'll just have to look into what it would take to make some uh, big plastic wheels or uh, something that we could put a temporary... Roller under the zodiac and roll it on down Waco Beach.
1: Yeah, almost like a self-propelled trailer, or maybe you get one of those uh grape shaker type rigs.
2: That would be
0: good. Yeah, hanging in like... that, run it out there, let it down, pick it up. Yeah, that would yeah. be good.
1: Yeah, that that that'd be. I'll, I'll have to bother some of my farming contacts see if they got anything like that.
2: I'm I'm sure a good. We'll just good... Have to... Go ahead. We'll just have to watch out for a used travel lift. Oh, that'd be good too.
0: Well, did you guys get that uh, little uh, military uh, uh, government auction stuff I sent you? Yes, I saw that. Well, uh, but... if you uh, cut off part of that and went to the boat section, man, they had some good boats for sale and oh. cheap. But you're gonna have to haul them someplace. Well, no,
1: I didn't. I didn't see the boat part. I just saw the uh, the the one I, that I saw was all the dive gear.
0: Right. Well, on that link I sent you. Uh-huh. You chop everything up past the military.gov one, and then it goes to the main site that gives you all the categories, which includes airplanes, boats, submersibles, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh,
1: uh, okay. So yeah, keep that, that,
0: go back. I didn't want to tell everybody about it.
1: Shh, shh. No, 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 nobody listens, so you're fine. Too late. No,
0: well, nope. that one boat I looked at had twin 250s, solid aluminum. It, it was awesome dive boat, and the bid was up to 28000 for it. And that's cheap, that was an awesome boat
1: yeah, it's still about twenty six thousand more than what i've 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 got to spend on that
0: yeah, well, you're talking over a hundred thousand dollar boat oh yeah, i'm sure i I didn't have anything big enough to tow it I think oh, the the trailer had four sets of wheels on it, each side
1: oh don't worry, we get a boat like that. We'll find somebody some way to to tow it.
2: I want to go buy that boat that's on ninety four
1: Oh, I know the Coast one Guard you're talking boat. about. Yeah, Kirk and Bob said that they stopped and looked at that one time. Which boat? The one on 94 as you're going uh, to Chicago. Uh, I think before Gary, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's before Gary on the uh, north side of the highway. It's got a big orange twin hull. Almost looks like a rigid inflatable, but yeah. it's like a, a neat boat. Really neat boat.
1: I couldn't figure out if that's a Coast Guard type boat or is that like a buoy tender?
2: I mean... But yeah, when you're... I looked at it, it looked more like a Coast Guard type boat. Yeah, might but have it's... been a prototype or something.
1: Yeah, it's been there forever. Yeah,
0: you can get it cheap.
1: I think they nah, use it I as don't a think sign. So. I think they use it as a sign more than anything else because everybody notices it. Yeah, we need that benevolent sponsor. One one for the boat to be above the surface, and one for the the boat that ends up below. Yeah. Oh, so as we're approaching the end of the show, make sure you visit us on the Scuba Obsessed website, scubaobsessed.com. Uh, we have a lot of links on there to how you can listen or subscribe to the show. Also visit us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash scubaobsessed. Getting some more pins in our fan map. So you can go to scubaobsessed.com, click on the About section, Scuba Obsessed fans, and put your pin in and uh, see where other listeners are around the country. And we always love those five-star iTunes reviews and also talk shoe, You can go ahead and put some reviews on there as well or, or click how many. I don't know what this, the logo is, if that's Scoops or something, but uh, five of whatever those things are, uh, go ahead and give us a vote on there as well. And also tell your friends. You, know, you, you, you got dive buddies, tell your dive buddies about Scoob Obsessed. Have them come on the show and let us know what you like. If you come across any news articles, uh, send them our ways. Any topics? Anything you like us to talk about? Uh, we got plenty of diving coming up. I, I got some dives I'm going to be doing this year. I think I'm going to be doing the the Moorhead City one. I'm also uh, going to be doing a week in Florida. I tell you about that, Mac. Say again. I'm going to be doing a week in Florida here pretty soon. So, going to get down and and see what that scary clear water is. I'm kind of nervous. I don't know if if it's safe to to be in water that warm.
0: I don't think that's allowed. Yeah. I mean, if you can see more than 10 feet, you'll see something that scares you.
1: Yeah. Like other divers. <laughs> so, so that about does it for the show this week. Thank you everybody Everybody's in the chat room. We had Mitch and Lisa and Wheaton Diver, Philip, John, Lynch, Dave, some others, Philip. So I know I'm, I'm missing somebody, but uh, great, great chat room. Um, if you ever get an opportunity, that's a, Good time to come in, and we like all our divers all over. We got to figure out some way we can get some divers from the UK. They're they're sleeping about time we do the show. So maybe we'll do something special. Also, we'll be creating some new programs here throughout the year. So keep an eye on our Facebook page to see how you can listen to some of the other programs. And also, we're gonna be. I'm I'm determined to do something with video this year. So we're gonna get some video stuff put together. If uh, those do,
0: UK guys are diehard. I mean, it's only at three o'clock there. Come
1: on. Yeah, come Suck on. <laughs>
0: I yeah, mean, we to... can have friends from Egypt watching us and giving us a call.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if Claire can do it, then some of you K divers, you can you can you can hang in there. Uh, so we and can, remember. We,
2: go ahead. I was just say, and remember, no shipwrecks were harmed in the recording of this week's episode.
1: No. We did not harm a single shipwreck. And then uh in the chat room they're asking about the scoop it site. That's always a good thing. And uh scoop it is www.scoopit, which is scoop IT forward slash t forward slash scuba obsessed and i'll paste that into the chat room so people there can get to it and that's where we have our news feeds also uh if you happen to be on google if you have a mobile device you have google currents which is our online magazine we have an online magazine for scuba obsessed so you can keep track of our blog posts uh our feeds coming from the news site and see what's going on in the scuba obsessed world keep you in tune. I actually I like to to look at it. It does an excellent job of laying it out just like a magazine. So, go ahead and give that a shot as well. Oh, you know, it seems like I, I stall more and more each week as we get to this part of the show. I don't know if that's telling me something. Is it about did that? Did you point? get a good one? Is it about I that? Don't know. I've got two of them, and I'm kind of torn which one I'm going to do. I got one that's been aging for a few weeks. I don't know, it might need to be a little bit more.
2: Is that fermenting or aging?
1: Uh, is there a difference?
2: <laughs> well, I have a lead in for you when you're ready. Okay, so let's see. I'll
1: uh, drum roll. So let's see which They're both okay. Yeah, well I'll 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 do the one I'll probably get more heat on. But okay, so I am ready. You're ready? Yep. Oh, that's nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I well, that was, that's it? it. What's that? <laughs> that might be more appropriate for afterwards. Yeah.
2: yeah uh, I was true. just thinking I probably should have saved that for afterwards.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so here we go. One day, Dive Captain Jones was in town picking up supplies for his farm. He stopped by the hardware store, picked up a bucket and an anvil, then stopped by the livestock dealer to order a couple chickens and a goose. Uh, Now he had a problem. How to carry all these purchases home. The livestock dealer said this. Why don't you put the anvil in the bucket, carry the bucket in one hand, put the chicken under each arm, then carry the goose in your other hand. Hey, thanks, says the farmer. And then he went off. While walking, he met a fair young lady with a rather large, beautiful breast. She told him she was lost and asked, can you tell me how to get to 1515 Mockingbird Lane? The farmer said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to visit my brother at 1616 Mockingbird Lane. Let's take a shortcut. And go down the alley and we'll save half the time and get there together the fair young lady said how do i know that when we get in the alley you won't hold me up against the wall pull down my skirt and ravish me the farmer said i'm carrying a bucket an anvil two chickens and a goose how in the world could i possibly hold you against the wall and do that the young lady said easy silly set the goose down put the bucket over the goose put the anvil on top of the bucket i'll hold the friggin chickens."
2: We're saying fifteen fifteen, Mockingbird Lean.
0: (laughs) Did it have a red light at that place? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, there's another one that's I been aging for two or three weeks. We'll, we'll, well, maybe we'll do that one next week if I don't find another one, but... uh well,
0: that's the good, Darren. <laughs> I
2: missed the end of it. The phone dropped down. I missed the end of it. I didn't get to hear it. You didn't get to hear it. <laughs> I didn't get to hear <laughs> anything after 15, 1515 Mockingbird Lane. Skype dropped me.
1: <laughs> You're too young to have heard. It, it, it was the censors. Maybe it was a little bit of a mercy drop.
2: <laughs>
1: I'll... I'll, I'll uh, as soon, soon, soon as we end the show, I'll go ahead and uh, cut the clip and play it back for you.
2: Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, Let's go the chat room after. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so until next week, go out there and get wet.
2: And stay safe, guys. And don't harm any shipwrecks while you're at it. All recording has been completed
1: okay so let's see here
2: no, seriously you're right in the middle of the joke and Skype drops out
1: <laughs>
2: well I've, I should have saved the flush till afterwards like you know I just have to think about that
1: well I, I should have a clean recording of it so we can we can reuse that one many times
2: if not I'll get you another
1: one okay so let me see if I can oh well, we got anybody anybody want in the chat room want to come Online, we'll put you in Skype while I quick do a uh, an edit. Well, let me let me hit a pause here. I'm gonna-